Hey everybody, remember MoviePass? Well, it's back and it's relaunching this summer. Just when I thought it was out, they pull me back in. Hello everybody, I'm Dan Merle here with all of the details that were revealed yesterday about MoviePass 2.0. No, it is not April Fool's Day. These little cards here, these useless little cards, won't be coming back, but the service itself is making a return. A couple things to notice though, and I think there's some confusion around exactly what's going on here. The previous owners of MoviePass, Helios and Matheson, are not the ones that are bringing it back. That company went into bankruptcy. MoviePass itself went into bankruptcy. This is a revival that is being headed by one of the original co-founders of the company. His name is Stacy Spikes. He was actually let go from MoviePass after it was acquired and they changed the price to the untenable business model that they had before. He saw the chance to purchase the company back and is now relaunching it under a MoviePass 2.0 thing. But there's actually very little in common with the previous iteration of MoviePass. Now, if you don't remember what MoviePass is, I've been covering this story for over four years now, I think at this point, going all the way back to my Screen Junkies and Fandom days. It was around for a while as sort of a niche movie service around 30 bucks a month. It was then acquired by a company called Helios and Matheson, headed by Ted Farnsworth and Mitch Lowe. And the decision was made to drop the price point to $10 a month. And in return, you could see a movie a day every single day for that one flat fee. Now, if you're sitting there thinking, well, that's an untenable business model. Well, yeah, it was because they went out of business. But it was also one of the stupidest business decisions ever. I remember when it was going on, I said, this is either the craziest thing I've ever heard or it's somehow the most brilliant thing in the world. It was the craziest thing because their entire plan was basically to get people to go to the movies and then go to the theater chains and sort of strong arm them and say, hey, if you want people to keep showing up, you're going to cut us in on your concessions. Well, it didn't work because the company went out of business and all of the other theater chains like AMC and Regal and Cinemark basically just said, well, screw you. We're going to create our own movie pass type system, which they did. It's been around in the UK, this model at least, for a while now. And so MoviePass disappeared, but none of that has to do with this iteration of the company because it is back under the original ownership of Stacy Spikes. He held a big event in New York City yesterday. There were about 300 people, he said, in attendance. They also live streamed it. Let's get into exactly what the service is going to be and how it differs from the movie pass that we all knew and loved. So Spikes was able to reacquire the company because after Helios and Matheson went out of business, the MoviePass brand was just drifting out there. Nobody bought it out of bankruptcy. And he said he was actually tipped off by the director of an upcoming documentary about MoviePass who called him and said, hey, did you know that MoviePass is still available? You can just make a bid for it and see if you can buy it. He did. He bought the company back and he's relaunching it under a new model. It's going to be built on the Web3 model, which I'm not an expert on, but I do know is about running things on blockchain technology. It's about virtual currencies, digital currencies, etc. And that's how MoviePass is going to operate roughly in this new iteration. So according to Spikes, the new MoviePass is going to work on a tiered system, meaning you can buy in for different amounts of money each month. And in exchange, you will get a certain number of credits. Now, one key detail that was not revealed is how many tiers there are going to be, 
what the tiers are going to cost, and how many credits you're going to get for each tier. These are kind of important details, but it's no surprise that we don't really have them at this point. So once you have these credits, you will then be able to redeem them at participating theaters for movie tickets. And one of the draws to this model, Spike says, is that theaters can customize how much they want to charge for movies. They can charge different numbers of credits for off-peak versus peak hours. If a theater decides to participate in MoviePass, they'll have more control over how much they can charge for movies. They will also be able to market directly to MoviePass users, and they can also choose how MoviePass users can use their credits in their theaters. So this is one key difference, because whereas the original MoviePass didn't require a buy-in from theaters because they basically purchased the tickets on behalf of you from those theater chains at full price, this version will require theaters to opt in to participate. And Spike said that it is now open for any theater that wants to partner with MoviePass. He said that they are not charging for theater partners. So it's open right now to pretty much any theater who wants to participate. A big question being how many theaters are going to want to participate. You might ask, what is the advantage of a theater choosing to participate in MoviePass? Well, Spike says, first of all, that based on the metrics of the old MoviePass numbers, people that have MoviePass tend to go to theaters more often based on their usage in the past. I think there's one key thing, though, that's being overlooked here, which is that, of course, old MoviePass users went to the theaters more often because it was $10 a month. I saw more movies in the months that I had MoviePass than I had ever seen before or have seen since because it was literally a deal that's too good to be true. And a lot of how Spikes is pitching the future of MoviePass is based on the enthusiasm that MoviePass users had for the service when it was still around. You grew to 3 million users. You saw 50 million movies in a single year. The key difference here being that business plan was absolutely untenable, and that's not the way that it's going to work this time. Something that was sort of buried in the presentation toward the end, but that has raised a lot of eyebrows is another way to earn credits to get movie tickets, which is with the integration of a service that Spikes calls pre-show. And it's actually not a new service, which is something that we'll get into in just a moment. Spike says that he got the idea seeing how much brands like to tie into movies, particularly when you look at things like James Bond movies, movies that have a lot of merchandising and product placement. He wants to go to those brands and basically say, hey, you're trying to reach these consumers through indirect advertising like TV and magazines, etc. Why don't you put together a package of advertising, maybe even tied to a specific movie like No Time to Die, and then our users can opt to watch that advertising and in exchange they will get credits to either go towards the purchase of a movie ticket. Spikes even said it would be a possibility if they so choose that you could go see the movie for free if you watch a certain batch of these advertisements. Essentially, it's customizable advertising that would help advertisers and incentivize them to participate because they don't have to work as hard to find the consumers that they're trying to reach. Now, all that sounds well and good. The idea of targeted marketing or targeted advertising using user data, etc. is nothing new. It's been around the internet forever. If you've been on Facebook, you've been targeted for advertisements based on your internet history. But this is the thing that makes pre-show a little bit different, which is that this technology uses your camera's phone to track your eye movements and make sure that you are actually watching the advertisement that's being shown. So I'm going to come here, and as I'm looking at it, it's playing back. But... <clears throat> If I stopped and I'm not paying attention to it, it actually pauses the content. 
So you're literally being forced by your device and this pre-show service to watch the ads that are being marketed to you in exchange for the credits that you get. And if this sounds familiar, it's because it is the exact premise of an episode of Black Mirror that came out about 10 years ago starring Daniel Kaluuya. Resume viewing. Resume viewing. Resume viewing. I'm not going to lie. This gives me the creeps. The idea of giving your device permission to watch you watching advertisements to make sure that you're watching. Because first of all, sure, it starts off now in MoviePass. But what if it works sensationally well? Well, does that mean then that every advertiser from now on is going to basically say, well, if you want us to traffic ads to you, then you have to watch them and we're going to be watching you watch them. I know that we live in a digital age and our movements are being tracked far more than any of us are really comfortable with. But this is, to me, beyond the pale. I was watching this whole presentation and, you know, listen... I've worked for companies that are in the digital media space. There are a lot of buzzwords thrown around. I've seen a lot of presentations like this, which are very pie in the sky. I worked for one company in particular, and it shouldn't be too hard to figure out which one that would sit us through one of these meetings once a quarter and talk about how they had everything figured out. They knew the future of media. They were the only ones with the vision. They targeted the right advertising. They'd done the right market research. They were the leaders in innovation, and they literally went out of business overnight. So it's nothing new for a tech-based company to have these big pie-in-the-sky ideas. But even this, to me, made me kind of raise my eyebrows and say, okay, that is next level. That is basically technological enforcement. I know that we have been giving over more and more of what we do every day to these machines, but no. I, I I would never be comfortable with doing that, honestly. Like, of all the things with MoviePass, this would be the thing that would give me the most pause and say, I am definitely not going to be taking place in that. It's just creepy. Things get even more complicated when you kind of dig into the history of this pre-show service because it's not something that was developed uh, for this new movie pass and it's not something that Stacy Spikes bought. It's actually a company that he himself started back in 2019 before he ever bought MoviePass again. It actually started as a Kickstarter idea back in 2019, started by Stacy Spikes. The pitch was that you would watch advertisements in exchange for getting movie tickets. So it's pretty much the same thing that he's offering through this new movie pass. It had a $10,000 goal. It raised over $50,000. So it was a successful Kickstarter project. And it also had a pitch that was similar to one that Spikes made at this live event yesterday, which is that if you back the Kickstarter, you would basically be the beta testers of this app. You would get to access it for free. And in exchange for uh, working out the bugs, etc., you would then get free movie tickets by watching all of these ads because you were helping them develop the technology. This is the same pitch that Spikes made to the people that were in attendance at the MoviePass event live yesterday, basically saying, you're our super users. You will be able to sign up live this summer. You'll be beta testing the app, but you'll also be getting free access to it. I want to deputize you all and turn you into beta users and have you be the first ones to be able to test the app for a whole year for free. 
The big problem being, and this was something that I was clued into by uh, some people on social media and doing a little bit more research myself, there isn't really a lot of customer satisfaction based on this Kickstarter model because obviously the pandemic hit in 2020, so the idea of redeeming movie tickets for using this pre-show service uh, didn't really pan out because theaters uh, closed, but Spikes was able to go out last year in 2021. He raised $3 million in investor capital off the idea of switching the focus of pre-show to gaming. So basically, if you were a gamer, you could watch advertisements and then get uh, credits for the games that you play, etc. But the audience that funded it on Kickstarter, many of them, and you can go to the Kickstarter page and check this out for yourself, there are hundreds of comments there from people saying, wait a minute, I I never got access to the app, I used the app, and I never uh, got anything in return for it. So basically, I did the work, but I never got the reward. There are a lot of very unhappy Kickstarter customers that seem to have been the beta testers for this pre-show service that are very dissatisfied. Spikes then took the service, raised $3 million of capital uh, based on the idea back in 2021, and is now integrating it into this new MoviePass service. So in a way, it's not just him relaunching the MoviePass brand that he lost and was pushed out of a few years ago. It's also an additional way for him to integrate this pre-show service that he's been trying to launch for two or three years now. And I know it seems like I'm being hard on Stacy Spikes. I do feel for the guy to a certain extent because he did co-found MoviePass. It was surviving on its own. It was a very niche service, but it was obviously uh, a company that he was very proud of. And he spoke very candidly and openly at the beginning of this event saying that many investors that are uh, people of color, they struggle to get capital investment. They struggle to get investment in their businesses and that Helios and Matheson coming in and taking control of MoviePass was partly because uh, he hadn't really been able on his own to raise the amount of capital to keep MoviePass thriving. Then to raise flags, which were, let's be honest, 100% right flags to raise about the sustainability of the company to be pushed out of his own company and then watch it go down in flames, that's not fun. So there is this amount of redemption and I think that you have to kind of applaud uh, the tenacity of him to go back to rebuy the company and to try to launch it again on his own terms. But when I look at his idea, taking the pre-show thing aside, which I'm just very much not a fan of, I think that this new iteration of MoviePass has a lot of the same challenges that the old iteration of MoviePass had. Because the, one of the reasons that MoviePass didn't thrive is that it was reliant on theaters to opt in as part of its revenue model. This is not the same plan, but at the same time, because MoviePass is based on its own digital currency, based on this Web3 model, they can't buy tickets from theater chains like the old MoviePass system did. They are still relying on movie chains to opt in and say, yes, we're going to accept these movie pass credits. Yes, we like the idea of marketing straight to your users. Spike says they're not competing because he regards things like AMC A-List as loyalty programs. And he says that movie pass users, according to a poll, 75% of them, the thing that they want the most is an option about where to go. But are big theater chains going to invest in a program that will give those people that come to their theaters an option to go to another theater? 
I'm not saying that none of them are going to buy in, but I also really don't know where the incentive is unless MoviePass blows up huge and they basically are forced to for them to, in some ways, compete with themselves. And if the big theater chains don't buy in, then that excludes a lot of MoviePass customers. Yes, the people that are in New York and Los Angeles and Austin and a lot of these film hubs have a lot of different kinds of theaters. They have Alamo Draft Houses and Angelica Film Centers and all of these great smaller chains and independent theaters, and that's wonderful. But I would say the majority of people in the United States don't have those options. They have one, maybe two chains in their city. So if these big chains don't buy in, then by definition, you're excluding anybody who's only geographically around these big chains. And that's a problem because as Spike said, he doesn't want this to be a niche service. He wants 30% of moviegoers to be MoviePass subscribers by 2030. And that is a massive number. This also is going to require buy-in from brands. Brands are going to have to work with MoviePass and say, yes, I will market my advertisement to you. They have to agree with the pre-show technology. Are brands really going to want to associate themselves with technology that a lot of people like myself are skeptical of that basically forces you to watch their advertising? I'm sure on a marketing standpoint, they love that idea, but from a PR standpoint, are they going to want to do it? Are they going to have faith that that investment in money actually is going to have a return? Does guaranteeing those eyeballs make the consumer more likely to buy? These are all big questions, and a lot of these are questions, and again, I understand this is all about enthusiasm, that Stacy Spikes is kind of taken as uh, a given. Of course movie theaters are going to want to buy in, because MoviePass users go to the movies a lot. But at the same time, the reason that MoviePass users went to the movies a lot is because it was $10 a month. We don't know how much this is going to cost every month. We don't know what the tiers are going to be. We don't know how much theaters are going to charge for tickets. We don't know what the variability is going to be. There was already a suggestion that there was going to be different prices for off-peak and peak hours. Will consumers get fed up with that? With the idea that it could change from day to day or even hour to hour how many credits it takes to go see a movie. There are so many questions surrounding this service. And again, a big thing about Movie Pass, the old version, as stupid of an idea as it was from a business standpoint, is that it was exceedingly simple. One movie a day, whatever theater you want to go to, guaranteed. Until they started taking those promises away, and that's really when they went out of business, that was the appeal of Movie Pass. It seemed too good to be true because it was. So when I look at this new Movie Pass 2.0, yes, it has the Movie Pass name. But in my opinion, it really shares almost nothing in common with the previous iteration of the service. I think it is Stacy Spikes buying back a, a well-known quantity and one that he himself originated. He's got every right to do so beyond just a business standpoint, just on a personal level. But I think that he is trying to sell a MoviePass 2.0 business plan on a MoviePass 1.0 level of research. I'm not saying that this new iteration of MoviePass isn't going to work. I think that particularly for people in the big cities, particularly for people that are already kind of tuned into the digital currency, blockchain, Web3 of it all, it may be an appeal option for them. But for the average consumer, I think it's very complicated. It's going to be useless if there are theaters around them that don't buy in. And I think that there are a lot of people that are going to balk at the idea of even having a service that offers as an option the idea of your phone watching you watch because that opens the idea of like, well, is it only watching me when I watch ads? When else is it watching me? What do these terms of service say? There are a lot of little pitfalls and landmines in this new business. I'm happy 
for Stacy Spikes. I hope that he's able to turn this into something that, at least in his mind, redeems the fact that these two maniacs took over his business and ran it into the ground. But at the same time, I just don't see it ever scaling at the size of Movie Pass because it really was a flash in the pan. It was a disruptor, but it was a disruptor that could not last long in the marketplace. It's been replaced by so many other chains with their own services. And that's the other thing. In order for this to work, you have to, for a lot of people, change consumer behavior, which is a lot easier said than done. A lot of people are just going to stick with their AMC A-list. They're going to stick with what they know and not with that unknown quantity. So I can see a future, if everything works out the way that Stacey Spikes wants it to, where this could be a massive success. But I honestly see the future of MoviePass 2.0 being a very niche product, perhaps not as niche as the original iteration of MoviePass, but never in widespread use as much as the old version of MoviePass. But what do you think? Am I an old fuddy-duddy? Does this new technology sound exciting? Is this really the rebirth of MoviePass? Am I going to be eating my words in a year or two when I sign up to watch my phone, watch me watch ads? Let me know down in the comments below. And as always, thank you so much for watching. If you want to see even more of what I'm up to, you can check me out on Patreon at patreon.com slash Dan Merle. And I also have an audio podcast network. So if you like the stuff that you're watching here on YouTube, but you also like to listen to it in a podcast form, you can find all those links down in the description below. And you'd better believe that I will continue tracking this MoviePass story as it launches this summer upcoming. How many tiers are there going to be? How much is it going to cost? What theaters are going to buy in? It is the rebirth of the MoviePass news cycle. And to quote House Greyjoy, what is dead may never die. Thank you so much for watching. Stay safe out there and I'll see you soon. Bye. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.